We are super excited to release the first of a two-part interview with Wes King, founder and CEO of Tahoe Trail Bar, which is an amazing tasting energy bar that's fueling people all over the U.S. through their hikes, their rides. Heck, we even eat them in our meetings because they are actually very, very good. Um, But part of the appeal to Tahoe Trail Bar is the inspiring man behind the company. Wes is going to share with us his insights, his daily practice, and his view on business and the self. Get your pen and paper out, friend, because this is the note-taking kind of conversation. Let's get to it. Straight from the boardroom to the microphone, I'm April Garcia, and this is Pivot Me, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. helping good people become even better. This is Pivot Me. All right, let's kick this off. So today, guys, I have Wes King, uh, founder and owner of Tahoe Trail Bar. Um, I want you to talk about it specifically, but what I know of it is the plant-based, non-GMO, gluten-free, though amazing tasting bars. And I really want to add that because they are fantastic. And I know firsthand because Wes and I have sat through many long meetings and he's kind enough to bring his bars occasionally. Um, Dark Cherry is my favorite. Nice. And uh, I became a big fan. So these are amazing, amazing um, energy bars. He's been kind enough to come down here and talk with um, us as well as at one point troubleshoot some of our AV equipment. So (laughs) I appreciate that. No problem. Um, So Wes, tell me, tell me about your backstory. Tell me about uh, what got you into this line of work. Um, Yeah. Expansive question. (laughs) Right. Yeah. The, the backstory, I don't know how far back we want to go, but I'm from Tennessee. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. And originally uh, I think my, uh, it wasn't my lifelong dream to own an energy bar company. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think that in, in the beginning there was a real, uh, you know, knowing of what I was going to do. Sure. If you were, if, if you were to ask me at age six, 10, 12, or maybe even 35 or <laughs> now 40, <laughs> what if I, if I'd have any good answers, but the, um, the Tahoe trail bar came into my life in 2010 Uh, Prior to that, I had many failed starts of entrepreneurial ventures and Mm. interesting uh, life experiences that brought me to that point. But the Tahoe Trail Bar started in in 2010. And for me, I think uh, it began out of wanting to marry passion with right livelihood and right work and wanting to do something I gave a flip about. Can you curse on this show? Um, yeah, we just have to add the E for explicit, yeah, so I'll, we can I'll, I'll now. use flip. It's okay. I know, uh, like it, but a real true cuss word punctuates what you're saying. Uh, yeah. yeah. It does, certainly does for me. I have a mouth of a sailor, but- <laughs> Yeah, good. But I'm you're, happy you're in to, good company. I'm happy to keep it nah, kid-friendly. No, drop it. It's uh, all good. If your kids are in the car, go ahead and pause this and start um, it after they get out of their car at drop-off. And I and I and as I started the Tahoe Trail Bar, there was this moment where I, I think that I, I just really was able to exhale, you know? I was just able to say, man, finally, I found something that means something to me and that I can really sink my teeth into. Because before that, I had done, you know, marketing for Vail Resorts. I'd worked at casinos. I'd I just worked for people who 
weren't necessarily like I didn't have bad managers or terrible experiences at my previous jobs, but I never really felt like I was in a position to make an impact. Mm -hmm. And, and so there was a real exhaling when I was like, man, I'm the, I'm the master of my own ship here and, uh, or the captain of my own ship. And there was really just from there, um, many fits and starts in Tahoe Trail Bar too, but we can get into that if you want to. But that's kind of a little bit of the backstory, I guess. So was it that the stuff that you were doing up until this point, was it just sort of a, were you passionate about any of those things too? Or was it just, I just had jobs to pay the bills and I wasn't necessarily passionate about what I was doing? Um, Well, for me early on, I, I had always given myself a pretty long leash for doing what I quote unquote wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you ask my parents from a pretty early age, I was always kind of doing what I wanted to do as opposed to what people told me to do. Mm-hmm. And at times that looked like rebellion, but a lot of times it was just kind of autonomy. I, I really did things my own way. Mm-hmm. And under the you know guardrails of being respectful to, to my elders and things like that, I wasn't a bad kid per se, but I was always like, do we have to do it that way? Can we do it this way? You know, kind of, kind of a mentality. And so when I worked for these other companies, it was just kind of a thing where I was like, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do the marketing for your ski resort, but I don't get the feeling that my ideas are really making an impact or mm-hmm. that I'm just kind of one piece of a larger, you know, machine, if you will. So, so for me, that's kind of where it, it fell flat. And yeah. then as, as things began to, become clear to me like I loved the outdoors. I loved being around uh, other outdoor-minded people. I loved the thrill and uh, physical exertion of going out and exploring the the mountains. And, and so that seemed to really fit well with an energy bar company that was providing the fuel to go do that stuff. And when I, when I started marketing the Tahoe Trail Bar, I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to, you know, running races. I'm going to bike races. I'm uh, going to trailheads. I'm going to, you know, places where I find other people that are passionate about the same things I'm passionate about. And that's not necessarily uh, untrue of working at a ski resort, but I just never really got the same camaraderie feeling, mm. I guess. And and um, for me, that's big in business. Whether your business is successful or not is is kind of beside the point. It's like, do you feel connected to your life? And um and, and I think there's a lot of different points in my life where there's been a big difference between the idea of thinking I was connected to what I was doing and being able to like explain to other people that like I'm in the mountains, I'm working at a ski resort doing marketing for them. And like, it sounds good on paper. It looks good on a resume or whatever, but I just wasn't feeling it. And, mm. and for me, feeling is everything. And it's, it's certainly become the true North of my life now, but <clears throat> I had the luxury of being able to obviously choose that more and more. Um, and that's kind of like the whole purpose of my business now is to continually tailor my, my, you know, the way I spend time, you know, I try and hire for my weaknesses, but it's also the stuff I don't really like to do. So I get to do more (laughs) and more and more of what I like to do. And I get to be more and more involved in the pieces of life that I like the most. And I think that's one of the most truer, that's one of the truest markers of success, right? It's not necessarily how much you have in your bank account. It's how much of your time are you spending doing exactly what you want to do? Not the thing that you think people think you should be doing or that what would sound good if somebody asked you at a cocktail party, you know, what you do and you say you love doing this and the other thing. But like, do you love every minute of your day? 
you know, does it like juice you to do the things that you're doing? And, um, that stuff gets thrown around. Like it gets thrown around at, you know, Tony Robbins and some stuff that like we've been a part of, um, had the same types of experiences, but it's only been in the last couple of years. I've been running my company for 10 years that, that I've really started to feel like I love every day. Um, wow. and it's not bullshit. It's like totally real. Like that's the, um, like I love working in EO. I love going to accountability groups for, um, for working on our business. I love, you know, figuring out how to, you know, compete and maximize our opportunities in e-commerce and, uh, you know, the, the things I work on every day, the things I was working on before I came in today to this podcast. I mean, it's stuff I love to do. So that's, yeah, that's fun to be there. Wow. You know, it's a, there are so many things I want to comment on, but um, it's just staying in the same vein. Well, okay. So I want to get into the mechanics of how you've designed a day that you love what you do. So mm-hmm. I want to get into the mechanics, but first I want to go back to an earlier point you made. You were saying about when you worked at like, whether you're doing marketing for a ski resort or the previous roles that you had, you felt like you were just a piece of a much larger puzzle and your efforts and contribution really weren't making a substantial difference. And I think that is an important point because some people just stop there. Like, all right, well, I'm getting a paycheck and things are working out okay. Um, And if they feel like their efforts and contribution aren't really like moving the needle a lot, um, people can kind of either go, oh, okay, that's just how it is. Or they can get disgruntled about it. And what I love is that you you instead said, well, what am I going to do about it? Because people will say, oh, I don't like the company or I struggle with my boss or the management team. And instead, the answer is, well, what are you going to do about it? Well, go start your own company. Mm-hmm. And I love that you took yeah. that energy and said, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do my, my thing and I'm not going to be disgruntled that I'm not moving the needle. I'm going to go someplace where I can move the needle. Mm-hmm. But talk to us about how you've designed this day that you love. I mean, there, there had to be multiple steps, whether that's, you know, I don't know if you do like yes, no lists, which mm-hmm. are, you know, we, we talk about a lot on this show about, um, mm-hmm. Or like you said, staffing for weaknesses and focusing on your strengths. Yep. Like how does one get to a day that they have designed that they love? Mm-hmm. Well, let me address the first comment first. You know, I'm, I'm sensitive to the fact that some people are in a job, right? And there is what it is happening right now for me in my life. I've got a one-year-old and a four-year-old for me in my particular context. Wouldn't be a great time for me to try and start something. Um, and there's to a certain extent, there's never a great time to start something or to go out on your own or to do something different or whatever it is that is your definition of that becoming that. But for me, the thing I've learned through talking to other entrepreneurs and talking to other people that don't, you know, uh, own their own business, but they live a connected life. I, th- I think it's not mutually exclusive. Like you don't have to own your own business to feel free. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you can have any number of kinds of jobs. And, and in the East, I mean, there's, there's examples of people not having jobs at all and feeling incredibly connected to their life. You know, they, they, there's beggars that feel rich in, in spirit and connection without having anything. They just have a robe and a bowl. Mm-hmm. And so the feeling of freedom and the, and the, and the, what like the entrepreneurial life represents is, um, not necessarily achieved from the entrepreneurial life. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's thrown around and it's a cliche to a certain extent, but, but the process of becoming what you're becoming can either be the, the thing that, you know, forges you in the fire and purifies the metal of your spirit, or it can be the thing that breaks you, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. so I've always been mindful and I think I continually am mindful of the fact that whether I'm doing Tahoe trail bar or whether I go, 
work for the city of Reno or, or whatever, I can maintain the same feeling of freedom. I can maintain the same feeling of autonomy. I can maintain the same joy and love and gratitude for life. Um, that's a mindset. That's a realization I think that is really important to for people to have. And I and I think it also makes starting something a lot easier, right? So if you don't feel incredibly obligated to tailor your life to the only the things you really want to do, that's a high pressure tall order, especially in the beginning because you have to do everything. Yeah, I mean there's nothing you aren't doing as an entrepreneur for me over the first 5 years and I wasn't even getting paid for it. Like I mean it's it's like uh, that can be really demoralizing. And and here I sit, you know, 10 years later reflecting back on it. It's a very convenient time to start to, you know, pontificate about what it's like and 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 how great it is and blah blah blah. But I think the point I really want to get across is that I work on that mindset every day. Because because I could tell you like I don't you know, love waking up in the middle of the night with my one-year-old, or I could tell you it's a really neat time of life. And it's incredible how this, inc- this dependent, very small infant is trusting of us to take care of her needs. Those are two totally different mentalities, mm-hmm. you know, and you can look at it from either perspective, like is, is everything happening in your life an inconvenience or an opportunity to learn? You know, there, so there's, so there's on and on, right. We could go sure. about mindset, but for me, I think the luxury I've had over time is is to realize, and this answers your your question, which is, which is how can I maintain this feeling of freedom and in the continual progress in my life, while also hacking, if you will, the the enjoyment of of what I love to do. Right. So, it's a delicate balance because you're you you have to continually be aware of the fact that what you're trying to get out of this might not necessarily give it to you, but but in the, I call it in, in terms of like quantum physics, uh, I call it playing with the world of form, right? Um, and, and for me, uh, this is a little bit of a ethereal concept, but it's about visualizing what would I like to be? You know, what would, how would I like to show up and feel every day? And how would I like to be for my wife? How would I like to be for my kids? How would I like to be as a brother, as a son to my parents, you know, how, how do I want to be? And what does it um, look like to be in relationship with you? Yeah. Like mm. what, what is, what sort of vibration am I putting out? And, mm. and, and, and it's, it's a tricky slippery slope to say, if I get this April, then I'll show up at a high vibration and be so happy. Mm-hmm. Right? No bullshit. Like mm-hmm. that's not the way it is. It's like you, the, the state starts first and then the, and then the reality of that vibration rippling out in the universe happens second. It's so, an inside game first and yeah, then the outer game aligns. Always, always is. So for me, it, it wasn't about, oh, as, as soon as I'm not doing my own accounting, <laughs> I will feel free. I will feel great. I'll feel happy. You know, it's about, uh, understanding that, that when I get in a, a situation where I don't understand how to effect uh, change in that part of the organization, I start to feel afraid. I, I start to feel unsafe. I start to feel these deep feelings that most people don't like to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. I start to feel unsure. I start to feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't like that feeling, right? So the first thing I have to do is admit the feeling. I have to understand, hey, okay, this is the feeling I'm having. Stuffing that down and running from it is going to just create more of that opportunity for my subconscious to try and express that feeling in certain situations in my life. Mm-hmm. But if I openly admit it, I say, Sandy, my accountant, I say, I don't understand how to read this balance sheet. I don't understand why we're having a shortage of cash flow this month and I don't understand how to solve it, 
but I need to have a meeting and I need to have these outcomes after that meeting, then I'm able to feel empowered, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm able to reveal, you know, uh, the places I'm really stuck. Um, and so I think a lot of people as entrepreneurs, they try and like power through. Fake it till you yeah, make it. Yeah, right. And, 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 and to a certain extent, like you got to, um, in, in certain parts of your business, fake it till you make it till you make it. It actually plays out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like it, not lying to the general public, but sort of putting up a good face of a, of a great, uh, you know, website and, and great product images and, and making it look like you know what you're doing, no matter how sure. big you are in sales or mm-hmm. whatever. That's like legit faking it till you make it, yeah. in my opinion. There's also totally like slippery slope faking it till you make it, like pretending like you understand where you're spending your money and not really having a clue where every dollar's going. And That's I, like I see that piece. And know? I see that piece as like yeah. uh, fear. Like what? What's oh, like in one in scenario number one? What you're demonstrating is almost a confidence of the, the fake it till you make it of you know a flashy website or mm-hmm. good message and things yeah. like that. I see that as I'm demonstrating confidence because I have confidence in my ability to take an initiative to completion. Yep. So whether it's this business or this project or whatever, that's that's a manifestation of confidence. Yeah. The option the the second scenario, what I see is it's fear is driving it Mm -hmm. and when you say when you said i was i went to you said sandy was your accountant or bookkeeper Mm -hmm. um when you said going to them and saying okay i don't understand this i need to understand this is the outcomes what i heard when you were just saying that is two things vulnerability and courage Mm -hmm. that you were okay being vulnerable which is hard because again if we've been faking it till we make it it's hard to say raise your hand and go i don't know what the hell i'm doing um but if you don't it's terrifying. Yep. Um, and that just takes, that takes vulnerability and vulnerability takes courage. So yep. what I heard was just a, a, yep. a whole truckload of courage that yep. I had to come to the table for that. Yeah. And it doesn't look like that. I mean, it, to me, I see from the outside how that, I understand the assessment, but you know, as I'm, as I'm living in the reality of running a, you know, multi-million dollar business, it's a daily thing for me to like live out the um am i being transparent in this moment right hmm. like am i am i present in this moment with you or am i thinking about something else and in the more of those moments i can be here for the less the fear creeps in this is what's interesting the it's like the most powerful manifestation of, of what you might call courage to me is the courage not to be somewhere else while what's going on in front of you is going on. You know, the the courage to be present at home when you're at home, the courage to be in your financial meeting when you're in your financial meeting, the courage to stay in your office, sit your butt in the chair and get things done instead of avoiding them. You know, like, but that stuff doesn't, it doesn't feel that way to me. That feels like the, I call it the next right thing, right? There's the next right thing. And then there's the thing that's like, yeah, you could do that, but where's it going to really put you tomorrow? Uh, avoiding, you know, addressing the cash flow issue or a- avoiding uh, firing the employee that you need to fire or making the hard decisions that you have to make. And and that's what I've gotten better at as an entrepreneur is becoming more transparent in more moments and more uh, real time in my fluidity of of saying, man, I've avoided and delayed and procrastinated and seen what happens far too many times. Mm-hmm. And I've just gotten a little bit better at saying, I'm just going to do it now. Are you struggling to stay focused, 
still need to get things checked off that to-do list, but finding it harder than ever. Be productive, be effective, and perform at your best. Even though the world has changed, this is still a great time to get work done. In my new digital course, Multiply Me, I'm going to show you how to be laser focused and wildly effective. You will learn how to get three times as much done, but in less hours a day, even now. You can literally multiply your output. You can master a productivity tool today that will give you a high performance advantage in any season. Join us at pivot-me.com. Leverage this window to take back your time so you can enjoy the life you've earned. And if you can't wait for the full Multiply Me digital course, I see you, I got it, you've got stuff you need to get done now. We've created a free guide, four simple steps to getting more done in less time. In these short videos, I quickly show you the four main steps to productivity, to getting more done, the right things done, but in less time. To download your free copy and have it in your inbox ASAP, go to pivot-me.com. Get the four simple steps to getting more done in less time. A friend of mine says, swallow the big frog first. I was just you know? about to say, and, and, eat the frog. Yeah, and, and, and these cliches or, or adages become adages because as entrepreneurs sit and reflect after a little while, they just become true. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, and if you don't eat the frog, we actually a few uh, podcasts ago we did one on eating the frog, mm-hmm. and it was Brian Tracy's book, Eat That Frog, great book. Um, yeah, but I the, like Brian Tracy's stuff. Oh, it's so good! Yeah. It's so good. And so we we did a the whole show on on what's your frog, and mm-hmm. a lot of times people like they get up in the morning and. I kind of paint this picture of there's your frog sitting on your bedside table and you're kind of pretending like he's not there and then you're brushing your teeth and the frog is still there and we're driving to work, driving to the office, the frog's still there and the frog doesn't go away. Like it just gets bigger and uglier because we kind of build it up in our mind and one Mm -hmm. of the things that I'd said in there was that I think that a mark, I, I know that a mark of high performers is that they don't have less frogs. A lot of times they have more frogs. They just eat them quicker. Yeah. And so it's a matter of not sitting and staring at it, not like Googling how the best way to eat this frog is. Sometimes it's just eating the frog. And so yeah. I love that that was your um, your reference point about eating the frog. And, and I think that that does, eating the frog takes courage too. It just doesn't feel like courage in the moment Yeah. Um, because it's easier just to distract ourselves from what needs to get done, like the hard conversations yeah. or letting staff go and looking at yeah. the cash flow, like all those things takes a lot of courage to mm-hmm. see head on. And I think it was so profound when you were saying about the the courage to just stay in the moment. Yeah. That's really, like as soon as you said that, I'm like, that's business, that's relationship, that's, that's with everything. your partner, that's yeah. with everything. Is um, It's not just, we think of distraction and we think about picking up our phone and there's that. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know about you, but I'm really good at distracting myself with my own thoughts. Like I don't need to oh, go yeah. or do anything. Yeah. I can be in a thousand places mm-hmm. and I can be sitting next to you, but my mind is somewhere else. Yeah. And, um, that, yeah. that, yeah, that's really profound. I gotta, yeah. I gotta think on that. That's yeah. really good. And, and here's the, to me, the biggest part of it is when you're living inside of a business and you're continually addressing all of the various opportunities that come up, right? We all look <laughs> at problems as opportunities to improve, right? Yes. And, uh, so you're addressing building. fire number one, which is opportunity number one to improve and fire number two, opportunity to improve number two. 
and ad nauseum, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we do as entrepreneurs is, okay, how can we creatively solve this and hopefully solve it in such a way that the problem either comes up less frequently or stops coming up altogether. But when we say swallow the big frog first, there's uh, or eat the big frog, there's a, a definite evolution that happens where you feel like things that were a big deal aren't that big a deal anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember things that used to just light my hair on fire are now like, well, that's the 332nd <laughs> time that's come up. Mm -hmm. And my operations manager, Trevor and I talk a lot about optimizing a system for maximum efficiency, but also optimizing our expectations to understand maxim what maximum efficiency is possible in, in each particular system. So let me give you an example so you have some context. Mm -hmm. We have manufacturing, right? We have a certain amount of optimization that can be achieved with a certain amount of people trying to, you know, come together to manufacture these bars in this amount of time with this amount of waste and this amount of blah, 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 right? Trying to get 100% efficiency out of that system is going to take more of my energy than just becoming okay with the fact that we operate at 78% efficiency. And it becomes a law of diminishing returns too. Yeah, exactly. And so, so this isn't, I, I, you know, I'm not an economist. I'm not a professor. I, I, I'm sure there's people that have really great ways of <laughs> sure. articulating this with the correct terminology and whatnot. But, but to me, as, as the business owner, I have to be able to see quickly where I am losing energy by trying to fix something that is uh, more an opportunity for me to accept a certain mm. level of efficiency. And and that can be in relationships. That can be in, I, you know, I have to accept a certain level of behavioral um, inefficiency in my four-year-old, mm -hmm. you know? And that's a really cold way of looking at it. But, you know, my son's not always going to agree with me. He's not yeah. always going to be perfect. He's going to get tired or hungry or... or He's going to lose know. his mind in a yeah. restaurant. And, yep. and, and that's totally fine. And, yep. And, and and it's 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 on me when I expect too much, right? Uh, and and this is in business, in relationships, and whatever. And and that comes back to that being in the present moment. Um, when I continually bang my head against the wall and then call the wall hard and 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 say, well, who put that wall there? That's that whose fault is that, right? And um, so that's the dumbest example of it. But but the um, you know for me that's the adventure. Of, yeah. of being an entrepreneur. Just, you know, that's so I love this concept of optimizing our expectations because I'm I was just having a conversation last week with um with a, a client that was he runs a, a a real estate business and a construction services business and he's pretty frustrated about these deals that were falling out and there was another person on the call and we were talking about it and we were talking about optimizing the system you know big big system and ops person so we're looking at it and going okay how do we optimize the system so it minimizes the amount of these deals that go south mm -hmm. but the other person on the call had a really good point and she goes don't forget to build in that the fudge factor that sure. things are always going to go sideways mm -hmm. and um if you're not otherwise and what he was doing is you know he's b banging his head against the wall about this deal going sideways and she's like they always go sideways 20 always. years in the business they yeah. always go sideways mm -hmm. and so i think that's a really um important point to think about is optimizing your expectations because you can't get the system to a hundred percent or, no. or, or yeah. you're going to pay too much of a cost. Yeah. Um, personally, professionally, financially, you're going to pay too, too great of a cost and the people around you are going to pay too great of a cost. Yep. But 
knowing that, okay, if I'm running a business, there's going to be X amount of loss each month, like X amount of cookies that I take out are going to fall on the floor. And you can either get mad that your cookies fall on the floor or you can go, yeah, we lose 10% of our cookies every month to loss. I love that. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Because it frees you, right? I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. it just, and the people around you too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so you get that, um, what it really comes down to, it's, 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 it's the part we don't like to talk about, which is that we're also free to make mistakes. You know, mm-hmm. we're free to, we're free to make the wrong call. We're, we're free to, um, to, you know, say the wrong thing to our spouse and apologize for it. We're, you know, we're, we're able to give ourselves a little bit more of a break when we start to really see this for what it is. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that comes back to like my fundamental practices that are, pre-business, you know, before I ever show up as a CEO of a company, even before I show up as a husband and a father for my family, I sit and I meditate, you know, and I, and, 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 you know, at 4.30 this morning, I was awake and I was not feeling it. I just wasn't feeling it. And I sat on the cushion and I'm, you know, listening to a rattle and a vent in my house and wondering what the rattle is and, and then I'm feeling a little anxious and I'm feeling a little stirred up. And I was feeling like yesterday was like a super Monday, you know, like it was, it was like so much happened that it wasn't wrapped up and I had other stuff to do, but today's my daughter's birthday. And I'm wondering whether I should go to work or I'm feeling that pulled in a lot of different directions feeling. And, and here's the key. That's okay. It's totally okay for me to feel all those feelings mm-hmm. And to get up and feel like I can still go into my day and I can still show up as the person who chose to sit on the cushion and try and raise his vibration and become a better, you know, human today. And, 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 and as a human in whatever capacity I show up as, you know, CEO, father, husband, um, the great thing about meditation. And I think the thing that people miss in meditation is that it isn't about what happens or your assessment of what happened. It's about the routine and consistency and repetition of training your mind to understand that you are not yourself. You're, you know, these thoughts that in your prefrontal cortex are not the definition of Wes. I, you know, I stand here with words and a mouth and, and, and we have communication, but, but ultimately we're all connected to the same source. And like, this is the, you know, fundamental magic, I think, of having the opportunity to operate in a system, right, as an entrepreneur and and say, okay, there's a certain amount of efficiencies I can achieve. There's profit to be made. There's money. You know, there's there's the feeling of importance. There's a feeling of like ego because I own a company and don't people think I'm so successful or whatever. And it's like, all that stuff is the same thing as when I'm sitting there listening to the drive-in and when I'm wondering whether I'm going to get it all done or, uh, you know, what's the next right thing to do? Like all that's, all that's thoughts, all that stuff is my brain trying to create, you know, context and definition reality. And, and, and the more I'm able to come back to that fundamental realization that I start from there, you know, that, that I start from that place of, I call it the, you know, single point, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, where, where I am behind my thoughts and then I live out into my day. And and like this is starting to sound some like some pretty spiritual stuff, right? And 
I, I know this is a business podcast and I know that this is, you know, that the context of our relationship is we want to edify business owners. But I found over 10 years of being a business owner that the lifeline for me is this is this source. Mm-hmm. It's it's this it's this real fundamental, you know, ability to to sit and be okay with what is. Yeah. Um, because the more I try and resist that stuff, I become this like version of myself I don't like. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. I, this is, I know this is a tangent, but, but no, it's, it does make sense. It's really and I, important. And yeah. I think ultimately, Wes, it's it's about humans because yeah. humans own businesses. Yeah. So it's not really that we're yeah. business owners. Like first and foremost, we're yeah. humans. Yeah. And I love this idea, uh, and I'm a firm believer of this as well. It's just we're not our thoughts. Yeah. So because when we own our thoughts, then we make all these assumptions about sure. who we are and who we're not. Yeah. But I love when you said you're kind of behind your thoughts, and they kind of come up, and then you just make peace yeah. with them. But no, I it's. I mean, I don't see it as a tangent. I think yeah. ultimately, like I said, hum- humans own businesses yeah. and it's really a human game. Yeah. So it's a it's a human yeah. experience. And it's not just about the intention of us talking and about the intention of, of Pivot Me in general isn't just take your business and grow your revenue. Mm-hmm. Take your business and let's increase your profit. Yeah. It's, it's not that. It's sure. about getting to the next level. And that is a combination of, you know, strengthening our businesses, but strengthening us, our humanity, yeah. our, our health, our relationships. It's just about getting us better mm-hmm. and that, you know, outgrowing the version yeah. that we were yesterday. And that's not just about a business. Mm-hmm. That's just about how can I be more contribution focused? How yeah. can I add more to my community's lives? How can I be a better parent? Like that's mm-hmm. all wrapped up in there yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. We, sh- we, we, we ultimately, um, the business will come and go, right? The business will have profitable years. The bits might have less than profitable years, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I have had terrifying months in this 12-month period, and I've had some thrilling months in this 12-month period. But what, what it always comes back to for me is, did I show up differently in the terrifying months? Did I... Mm. Did I did I treat people differently when I was not sure what was going to happen? And and um, and did I forget the feeling of humility around not knowing what was going to happen next when the months were really good? You know? Wow. And and how do I become that equalized version of myself where if I'm not getting my way, I can still be a decent person, you know? And and when I'm really getting my way, that I don't take all the credit for it. Because <laughs> I'm the product of people so much smarter than me. I'm, I, I, I hired great people and I'm not afraid to admit that like these people are incredible at what they do. And I heard this the other day, you know, that, that somebody that leads a company, if they're serving their primary purpose in that company, they're all they're really doing is getting the best resources to the people smarter than them to execute Mm. the initiatives of the company. Yeah. And I just happened to be the guy that was crazy enough to take a Subaru and go drive around and sell bars until we sold enough bars to get a warehouse. And I eventually, you know, threw a, a, a life dinghy out to catch my first great employee, you know, mm-hmm. and say, come to the boat, please. <laughs> It'll it's be on good. fire. You have water, <laughs> you know, like, you know, and, 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 and then eventually set up systems and processes to execute efficiently and on a recurring basis for, mm-hmm. you know, what we identify as our opportunities for growth. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, that's all just business stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. But to me, it's it's an active blend and an active balance of of, you know, taking these concepts from like the Rockefeller habits, scaling Mm -hmm. up uh, traction, Mm -hmm. you know, all these different books and operating systems in business that I use and setting up 
what we consider to be a uh, clear roadmap for achievable initiatives and in, in key performance indicators accurately and efficiently measured on a recurring basis, blah, blah, blah. Like mm-hmm. all this stuff, it's not blah, blah, blah. It's actually the really important <laughs> it's shit really important. <laughs> uh, but it's But it's the, you know, those boxes are all checked, right? Mm-hmm. And and if, if I'm doing everything I need to be doing, those things will always be happening. But in the process, am I constantly, continually coming back to that alignment of all the pieces of me, right? Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately... This comes back to 30 minutes ago, but that's what has allowed me to eventually become the person that's 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 really doing what he feels like. Yeah, he loves to do every day and and that's get the resources to incredibly smart people to do their job and then participate in the strategic planning in all the facets of the business. Right. Financial, marketing, operations, logistics, blah, blah, blah. That's the stuff that I love to do as a CEO. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. That's also the role of a CEO. <laughs> <laughs> it works <laughs> so out well. I do well for that. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. I got to tell you the the concept of being an equalized version of me that when you said that, that really struck me. And I I'm going to have to go. I'm, I'm going to have to go and process a few few of the nuggets that you've yeah. shared in this conversation. But the equalized version of me. Yeah. When you said that my answer immediately was no, I, I'm not. Mm. When there is stress in business or where you've got a big month or there's a lot of things going on mm-hmm. or yeah. am I, you know, I'm a very intentional person, you know, and I have mantras and I've, I do all these things yeah. um, to achieve being present in a lot of ways. But the yeah. truth is, if it's a big month at work, if there's a lot going on, yeah. um, I can live in my head. And so when you said about the equalized version of me, I'm going to spend some time thinking about that because I want to make sure that I'm not living in my head. And I justify it because I'm like, I've got to this. I've got to that. Yeah. Like, oh, it's it's the, all these things are going on or these projects or, you know, yeah. we've we've taken on a lot of different things. Yeah. I rationalize it that I've got to do that. And again, I'm, I'm like, well, I'm physically present. Mm. But, um, yeah. you know, have I thought, oh, did I make that phone call? Did that email get out? Did I... I got to check with my team to make sure XYZ was executed. Yep. Um, I'm, that was a that was a gift to me that you just gave and gift to hopefully lots of people about being an equalized version of myself and um, also just staying really aware uh, aware of what is it like to be in relationship with me mm-hmm. and make sure that it's mm-hmm. not, okay, you're somewhere else. Like you're here, but you're somewhere else because you're problem solving. Sure. Um, yeah, it was yeah. really, it was really good. Yeah. Wow. I hope you are loving this chat with the insightful West King of Tahoe Trail Bar. Man, this interview is just blowing my mind. There are there's several times where I had to actually sit back and think about what he just said and how I was going to apply it, you know, to my own life and business. Even when he said, when he said the phrase, I love every day in my life and it's not bullshit. I had to do like a gut check. Do I love every day in my life? And if I don't, we'll adjust accordingly. Um you know, he's just got a way of delivering uh, this information. See what I mean about note-taking? There's just a lot of really good notes in this and really some thought-provoking concepts. And even when he said the one of the truest markers of success is how much of your time are you spending doing exactly what you want to do? And it made me stop and think about how my day is set up. And I want to make sure that I can answer that, that I can define success that way, and that I can answer that the majority of my day is spent doing exactly the things I want to do. 
So stay tuned for the next episode where we're going to dig in deep into his supercharged morning routine. It's amazing. His meditation practice and what I'm so glad he mentions because nobody's talking about this, which is how to be a great mentee. Until then, go check out Wes at TahoeTrailBar.com. And because trails are at the heart of his passion and he's on a mission to impact a thousand miles of trail in 10 years, let's help him do that. Bring along one of his, might I suggest, dark chocolate cherry bars. It's my favorite. Um, For your next hike, your ride, and support this guy. Until then, keep moving forward. Keep moving to that next level. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at TheAprilGarcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors, and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.